Rugby League Maroons legend Billy Moore joins us to have his say on what's making headlines in rugby league right now. It's Friday the 2nd of March. It's time for your daily dose of Sporting Agenda, your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage. The Splash with your host, Phil Pryor. Thank you kindly for tuning in. We will uh, dial up Billy Moore in a moment because there are plenty of rugby league headlines uh, right across the media landscape right now. The Penrith Panthers, everyone's riding off the Broncos. Uh, it continues. So we'll get Billy Moore's take on how some of the Queensland clubs are looking heading into the new season, which of course kicks off in less than a week now, would you believe? Um, but first... A few quick headlines from around the grounds. Uh, NBA first. Ben Simmons has been honoured as NBA Rookie of the Month for a third time. The Aussie making every poster winner in his first full season in the NBA with the Philadelphia 76ers. uh, And staying with the, the Philadelphia franchise... LeBron James rumours continue to circulate. They're growing louder, in fact. Allegedly, he was looking at some private schools in the the Pennsylvania area over the All-Stars break last weekend. In football, Arsenal's stocks continue to plummet. Smacked 3-0 by Manchester City overnight. Uh, And also in football, FFA boss David Gallup has signed a two-year contract extension. Cameron Smith has dropped a retirement hint at the NRL season launch. Uh, He says he doesn't want to play a season too long. Uh, Read into that what you will. Uh, And Laurie Daly, staying with NRL, believes there are worrying signs at Penrith with football GM Phil Gould appearing to have a more hands-on role at the Panthers this season and sticking with an NRL theme on today's Splash podcast. I thought I'd welcome in uh, NRL legend Billy Moore um, and uh, and have him warm up the vocal cords before making his uh, big return to the NRL 360 desk next week. Welcome, Billy Moore. G'day, Phil. It's a pleasure to be here, mate. Can't wait for the NRL season to kick in the gear. Had enough of cricket? Get it off. <laughs> Get league on. Get league on. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, there's plenty of good action going on, of course, over in South Africa right now, but uh, we are just days away from the start of the NRL season, of course. Uh, one of the Queensland teams will be involved in that match, St. George taking on the Brisbane Broncos, of course. And we'll touch on, we'll get to Brisbane in a moment, because uh, I do want to see what you think about a, a lot of uh, people tend to be writing them off heading into the new season. But, Billy, what it, uh, what was your reaction to hearing um, some of this stuff about Penrith heading into the new season that perhaps Phil Gould doesn't have the faith that he once did in former Broncos coach uh, Anthony Griffin? Where there's smoke, often there's fire. And you, you get a feeling when you lose prodigal sons, homegrown talent, that 12 months ago were aspiring to play for Australia in the very near future in Bryce Cartwright and Matty Moylan. So those guys were superstars. To have them leave the club, mm. looks like Peachy is leaving at the end of the season. 
Um, they're worrying signs. I don't care how you want to uh, dress that up. To me, there's an inherent problem there. Look, look I think Phil Gould has a position out there where he's there to win premierships. And if he doesn't get what he wants, he'll go to any lengths to achieve that. And if I was Anthony Griffin, yeah, I'd be a little bit concerned right now. I, I think if uh, we turn – I break the season into thirds. The first third is a key – part of the season. Last year, Penrith were diabolical. Mm. I think they turned in second last place at the end of the first third of the season. If they're in the same position in 2018, there will be no Anthony Griffin, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Big call. Fair call, though. I, I, uh, I'm I, right there with you. There's plenty of pressure on Penrith heading into the new season. It, bringing in James Maloney is a massive positive, but probably the, mm. the everyone's saying they've lost Cartwright and Moylan, but I think Leilani Latu will be a big loss as well. He's been great uh, as a leader, sort of more behind the scenes at that club. Um, you know, he's really turned his own life around. And now the Titans, I think they'll be boosted by Latu's injection. Oh, I think he's a fantastic pickup for the Titans. You go through the uh, the roster change and the Titans, my top of the list for their quality purchases is uh, Latu. I think he's going to be a great acquisition in the front row. Just going back to Penrith, the, the key thing you've already touched on, it'll be the relationship on the field that Cleary and Maloney have. Nathan yeah. Cleary, everyone's talked about how good he can be, or he is now, and, and his growth potential. Maloney, I like him. I, I, I think you've lost Moylan, but you picked up Maloney. And I, I think out of the swap between Penrith and Cronulla, Penrith have won there because mm. Maloney can, will almost guarantee you he'll get results instantly. He's done that at three other clubs, yes. he goes there and he achieves something. I, I think he's someone that, that will bring something to the club. He, there's a few little flaws in his game that defensively misses a few tackles and gives away some penalties, but he brings something else. I just, just think that he'll be good for that club. But um, as I said, Penrith need to fire. They need to turn the first third and be you know at least in and around the eight. If they're down near the bottom, there'll be some serious questions asked. And that's the danger you've got when you have these coaching structures where you have the head of football operations, a great, a great former coach, and he brings in almost an understudy to, to be the head coach. But you sort of think, well, how much of a head coach are you? When things are going good, it's all great. Mm. But when it gets a bit shaky, you can almost see that the, the head of football operations' job is to protect the club, and, and, and they're quite... Um, in their rights based on from what I can see of their, their job um, description to come in and take over. Yeah, uh, look, Penrith's certainly in the spotlight heading into the new season. But, Billy, so are the Broncos. I've heard mm. uh, numerous people, numerous reports, numerous predictions writing them off, simply writing them off heading into the new season. They've, of course, lost Ben Hunt, um, and they seem a little bit thinner up front as well with Adam Blair uh, going across the ditch uh, what are your f- thoughts and feelings on the Broncos heading into season 2018? Be direct, which I love to be, as you know, Phil. They <laughs> will, they would miss the eight without a shadow of a doubt if it wasn't for their extremely capable coping, coaching staff. Yeah. Wayne Bennett, Kevin Walters, Jason Demetrio, Corey Parker. They are exceptionally good at squeezing the lemon and getting the most out of it. And I reckon that is the real saving grace for the, for the Broncos is in and around them is Bennett and co to lead them because there are two massive question marks over the Broncos. They go forward. Mm. They lost Adam Blair. 
they lost their best rotation uh, forward in Herman SASA to the Knights. Um, you know, they've got this young Matt Lodge. Now, let's forget about whether he should or shouldn't be played. Playing that, that's that's a conversation that should have been held, and I'm sure sh- it was six, eight weeks ago. Let's forget about talking about that now. Yeah. But he's only played 15 in all games, mm. so he looks good. What we've seen so far, but I've never seen a player who's played less than 30 in all games have so much expectation, almost demanding pressure on him to 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 be able to get the ball forward because. Corbin Sims, with all due respect, I just don't think for 24 weeks he's going to be able to dominate other forward packs. When you look at some of the other teams, the forwards yeah. that are sitting in the, in the Cowboys, the forwards at, at the, um, the, uh, the Melbourne Storm, Brisbane are so light on in getting the ball forward. They've got to move one of the great back rowers of the last decade, probably the front row in Friday, and that's not a recipe for 24 weeks of driving the ball forward. Yeah. And the second thing, and this is probably the real gorilla, the elephant in the room, sorry, for them, is is the hearts. You've got Anthony Milford on a million bucks, and he has the pressure of living up to the highest contract ever given to a Broncos player. He has to deliver uh, a million-dollar performance week in, week out. Phil, I call it thirst and money. We need to see thirst and performance mm. from Milford. If that happens, if we know what he can do at his best, then it'll be extremely dangerous. But I still have a huge question mark, because if he's playing his best, he plays a real off-the-cuff intuitive, um, just that little electric magic sort of football is not really gamesmanship. He doesn't steer the team around. So that will fall on someone like Cody Nicarima, and he's a very good player. And last year they won 11 from 13 with him in the seven jersey. We need to see him do that now for 24 weeks. He needs to be able to guide the team, make sure they're on the right part of the field uh, for the majority of the game, make sure he's kicking games good because he has around him in all defence for the Broncos, you've got a world-class number one and you've got a very, very good number nine in um, Andrew McCulloch. Yes. So they just need to be able to make sure consistently they can get the ball forward and then make the right decisions because their halves and their front rowers, um, there is definitely some question marks. Hey, Billy, when Ben Hunt was injured last season for the Broncos, I believe it was a hamstring complaint. I had my doubts that Anthony Milford would be able to step up as a, a directing kind of a half and lead his troops around the paddock. We've seen him, um, you know, be a brilliant player from an eyes-up perspective and play what's in front of him. His running game is almost second to none as far as halves are concerned. But I I was actually quite impressed with the way that Milford uh, showed that he is more than just an eyes-up half. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. We've seen his unbelievable broken play football. There is no better ball-in-hand intuitive player in the NRL mm. than Anthony Milford when he's, when, when he's nearer at his best. No doubt about it. But we now need to see another string to the bow because sometimes teams don't need that all, all the time. They need to be controlled and directed. And you, you think about the other great players, like, well, like a Billy Slater, he, he can play what he sees, but so often he, there's more to his game than just that. He, you know, he's doing his thing for fullback. And, and you, you know that for Anthony Milford to go to the next tier of player, and, and it says justify the price tag he's now on, we need to see that ability to still have that intuitive X-factor game, but he needs to be a director and a general. And that... He doesn't have to do it alone because, as I said, he's got a great one and a great nine with him. He'll need his seven, though. The seven will have to do his thing and make sure that he helps Milford out as much as possible.
Yeah, uh, Billy Moore on the line, of course. Uh, a, an absolute Maroons legend, a Queensland legend. He lives up on the Sunshine Coast. And you tell me that you're currently up in Cairns, Billy. How's the Cowboys buzz up there at the moment? Because I think on uh, with the, some of the betting agencies out there, they're favourites heading into season 2018, last year's losing uh, grand final side. It's massive up here, mate. <laughs> that, there's, there's that many Cowboys fans around. They're riding horses down the street. They love it up here. And look, um, they're, they're my top line of betting yeah. straight out. Yeah. Uh, I love the Cowboys. When you play in the grand final and then you think, okay, how are we going to go the following season? You look at it. This, this is the key point for me. Is your squad better than the previous year? Because if it's not, you probably won't achieve the same because the NRL gets better. Every year it gets better a couple of percent because it's just so astute, the people watching the game, in and around the game, the training procedures. If you don't improve, unfortunately you'll fall behind because the game will. And what is required to win will will be stepped up. So I look at the Cowboys of 2017. What's the difference? You've added in arguably the world's best player in person. Arguably one of the top five front rowers of the last uh, decade in Matt Scott, and you brought in a top ten front rower, probably mm. look at Young and, and his future ahead of him in Jordan McLean from Melbourne Storm. Yes. Their forward rotation is massive. The two front rowers that got them into the GF are now on the bench, where they're probably better suited. With all due respect to Asiata and Bolton, they're now going to come off the bench. Mm. We talked about the Broncos maybe struggling with quality go-forward players. Look what you've got at the mighty Cowboys in the yeah, fourth, Scott yeah. and McLean starting. You've got Asiata and you've got Bolton coming off the bench. You've got Cohen massive Hess. Cohen Hess sitting there. And you've got a reasonably good footballer in Jason Tumalolo <laughs> <laughs> sitting, sitting there playing in the middle. So, look, they're going to go forward. The only real question I can see on the Cowboys is they're a bit light on for outside backs, and we've seen that already. Mm. It's like Kane Lynette's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Javid Bowen, Bowen comes in. He's a great player. He's a great player, uh, young Bowen. And he, he's, he's a first-grade player, no doubt about it. But you get a little bit thin after that. So they will need to go through with a little amount of injuries in the outside backs. Um, and ultimately, mate, that's the way the season rolls. There's a huge correlation between how good you perform in a season correlated with your number of injuries. If yeah. you start taking certain players out of teams, it usually means they can't perform. And that is actually the aberration of last year's Cowboys performance. You took it, as we said, Scott and Thurston. Everyone, including me, said, well, when they finished in eighth spot, good luck for getting that far, guys. You can't go on. But they did. And they showed that with those players removed, the other players lifted Morgan, Tumalala, and their second and third tier players got better. And, and that creates internal pressure. If you can get some internal pressure with those lower players getting better, the whole squad gets better. Yeah, look, I think if the Cowboys have a, uh, a, a decent amount of luck with injuries this season, there is absolutely no doubt that they will still have a pulse deep in September. Billy, mm. also, you're a North Sydney Bears legend, uh, and full disclosure to the Splash podcast listeners out there, I'm a big Bears supporter. I have been my entire life. Uh, I used to sit under the fig tree and watch you run around for the red and the black. We had a chat uh, sort of mid to late last year about the potential of the, the Bears taking over the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, and, of course, we sort of all know what happens there. But at the time that we spoke about that, you were actually 
more keen for the Bears to explore the option of heading west. We, we saw, of course, the Western Force, unfortunately for, for rugby union fans over there, fold. Uh, they're no longer in the super rugby competition. There is a real market for contact sport over in Perth. What are your thoughts on the Bears potentially uh, trying to build uh, an NRL club over there? I'd love it, personally. Uh, and if I pull back and try and be as objective as I can, when they decide they want to expand um, rugby league and the NRL, Perth is obviously on the, the platform. We're taking Origin there next year. The opening round is a magnificent double header uh, coming out of uh, that new Perth stadium. So obviously we're, we're trying to educate, test the water in the West. And when the time comes... They're going to create a club. And, and I just think, based on the blueprint that we've seen, the success of the Sydney Swans, the Brisbane Lions, where you've married old with new, the South Melbourne linked up with the Swans, yeah. you've got Fitzroy linked up, linked up with Brisbane, I just think that it would be imperative for that franchise to be successful to take the Western Force, so the Western Frontier, uh, which has now been vacated by the Western Force, take yeah. that and marry up marry up some tradition of the North Sydney Bears. I think it'd be a perfect fi- uh, fix. It means when, when that Perth side comes and plays in Sydney, that, that they're almost home games, in a sense. Yeah. Um, and, and it, you know, what would be a logical thing is that when um, the Perth Bears played uh, uh, Manly, that they'd never play that game in Perth. You'd play it at the mighty North Sydney Oval. So that's me being completely... Um, Objective, as, as much as I can be, but I, I think there's a lot of logic in it, and and there is a a, a rugby vacuum created there. So sometime yeah. in probably the medium future, not right now, but sometime in the next five or ten years, probably looking at maybe the, talking a discussion would be no sooner than the next TV rights deal, which is five years away. Yes, um, they would look to go there. What has to happen between now and then? We need to have some fiscal. Uh, accountability of the current clubs in the competition, and they can't be carried. The simple reason being, rugby league has no money, which is diabolical when you think you're talking about a business that turns over four to five hundred million a year. Mm. They've got no money in the bank, so rugby league needs to get itself fixed, get itself stable. Because the best way to help the poor is not to become one. They need to get themselves sorted uh, at a financial level, and then five years from now look to make sure that the second tier, which I'm excited about, the uh, the Queens and the Wales Cups are firing. We've expanded out into taking, bringing Fiji in, uh, into the New South Wales Cup. Let's really try and grow that marketplace that we can see is on our doorstep right now. Let's do that. Let's shore up the international game. Let's get a, let's get a plan, for God's sake. Let's get a plan for the NRL, five-year plan. Let's get a plan for the international game. And then five years from now, if we're going to expand, we go to Perth, you take the Bears. You take the Bears because you'll be on a winner, you'll make money, and it'll be financially uh, stable, and you will actually have something that will be a great news story for all those that are around sport in Australia because the rebirth of the Bears will be fantastic, married up, obviously, un- underneath the, the frontier of the Perth franchise. Billy, you said you were going to be objective, but <laughs> that didn't last long. <laughs> I can hear the passion. But, uh, no, look, I think you make a lot of good points. Um, and uh, John Grant's replacement as chairman of the NRL, Peter Beatty, he said he was quoted last week saying expand or die. Uh, and I'm sure there are going to be a lot of rugby league fans out there questioning this. Oh, what, what next? 
where the where where are the Bears going to look to to go next? But there are some differences, I suppose, between uh, a potential goal taking over the the ownership of the Gold Coast Titans. Of course, the NRL handed uh, the license back to the Daryl Kelly, Rebecca Frizzell consortium. Uh, whether or not that survives, uh, time will tell. But in this case, we've seen the the Bears chairman. Uh, Perry Lopez chat uh, have hold secret talks reportedly with Western Reds chairman Laurie Putty. Um, so there is momentum here. Um, Peter Beatty, the new chairman of the NRL, clearly is looking to expand, and it's and it's about time the NRL starts being more proactive on these kind of matters. Yeah, I agree. And as I said, I'll let to reiterate my point. Show me a five-year plan. Mm. Show me a five-year plan for a game at grassroots level. That's the most important thing. Internationally is the next most important. And the NRL's third. So the Origin will look after itself. Yeah. Show me a five-year plan for the NRL. <laughs> then show me a five-year plan for the international game. Off the back of the World Cup we just had, please don't lose the momentum was created. Well, I saw so many things I liked about that, but I also saw so many things that needed to be fixed. Yeah. Let's get a game yeah. fiscally viable. Then we talk expansion. And if we do and we want to go to Perth, Mate, why would you not want to take the Bears when we bring 50,000 customers to the front door? What shop front is stupid enough to shut the door on 50,000 customers? Mm. So it doesn't make sense. Billy, we look forward to having your face back on uh, the Fox League 24-7 NRL channel for Fox Sports. Uh, and thank you for joining today, Splash, mate. Absolute pleasure, mate. And to all your listeners, uh, I can't wait. 2018... I tell you, it's going to be a cracking year. I've never been so excited for a season. There's so many questions to be answered. The bottom teams have to have improved because of the the uh, their movement in the player market. The top teams are still strong. I think it's going to be a cracking year. And about halfway through the season, we'll have to do another podcast because then we can talk state of origin. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. That's, that sounds good. Uh, I, yeah, we're both we're both Bears men, but we're not both uh, Queensland men. So that that could get interesting. I will, Phil. You take care, my friend. <laughs> yeah, he's not short on. Uh, rugby league passion is Billy Moore. That's why we love him here at Fox Sports. Uh, and that'll do us on this Friday edition of The Splash, of course. Make sure you stay tuned on the website as uh, the first test over in South Africa continues to roll on. Uh, and, of course, there's plenty more action uh, all across the website and the Fox Sports airwaves. That'll do us uh, this week on the splash thank you once one final time to billy moore for joining us today that'll do us that's a wrap